Hi, and welcome to episode 7 of Catching Up with Kevin and Seabass. I am Seabass. Unfortunately, Kevin could not join us today. He's sick. But we do have a special guest star. Please oh. welcome Bjork. <laughs> Greetings. Greetings. Hi, Hi, Bjork. Thanks for coming oh, all... I'm so delighted to be here. Thanks for coming all the way from... Uh, Iceland. From Iceland. Uh, yes. to, come, to come here to my house. Yes, my to, friends. Yes. To, to do this podcast. So what are, you, what are you up to over there in Iceland? Oh, you know, we are making, you know... Little crafts and art. Oh, well, uh, like like little like knickknacks and doodads. Yes, little things to put in your pockets and oh. Did, oh. trinkets. Oh, I see. I see you. You brought. I see you brought some of them here. Yes, what, what, for what, my sea friend. Oh. Sea, what? Sea bass. Yes, that's yes. your name. Yep, that yes. is my name. Yes, my sea friend. Yes. So, so what's this? What's this that I got here? This is a, this is a little trinket. Oh. It looks like a looks like a little little chicken chicken skull. It's, oh. it's got little sparkles on it. Yes. Um, it's my art creation. It look, It's wonderful. Yes. I'm going to hang it up uh, and people will look at it. Hang it above your bed. I will do that. <laughs> Takes away bad spirits. I uh, hope so. Yes. Yes. It helps me very much. How is your music career going, Bjork? Oh, it... It could be, it could be better. No, yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay, Bjork. Yes. Well, we don't have to talk about that. Okay, we don't have to no. talk about music career. No. Okay. No, no. Okay. Um, I'm very uncomfortable. Okay. <laughs> no, Bjork, don't go. Well, well, she's gone. But you can just... Hey, what's that? Creak. Slam. Who's that? Hey. Hey. I'm back. Here he is. Okay, can we start the show? Yes. Yes. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Catching Up with, with Kevin and Seabass. I'm Seabass. I'm Kevin, as always. As per usual. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about the week in... Pop culture. Popular culture. Not unpopular culture. No. Not we're like, all about the popular crowd. Not like croquet and, um... Carson Daly. Wow. I'm sorry, Carson Daly! He's on The Voice. He is on The Voice. Good for him. Remember TRL? Nope. Total request. Lately. Lately. Mm-hmm. It was, it, and you know what's really funny? What's Little that? known fact, it later got a spinoff called Chelsea Lately. Chelsea Lately. Origin story. Origin story. Mm. All right. Terrific. So, you wanted to talk about all right. A thing that you watched. Well, we just wanted to cover a few things that we've been watching over the past week. In a segment we like to call... Things that we've been watching. Things that we've been watching this o week. Over the past week. Over the past week. 
And go. Yes. So, what I've been watching, I marathoned the entire series of an HBO series called The Comeback. And before you're impressed, it's only 13 episodes. It was only one season. It was a one-and-done show. When, when did it come out, Kevin? came out in 2005. That is almost 10 years ago. Yes, it is. It's nine years ago. Correct. And The Comeback stars Lisa Kudrow of Friends fame. This was one year after Friends, actually. Um, and she plays a like a washed-up sitcom actress. Her name is Valerie Cherish. And she was on this show in like the 80s, 90s called I'm It. And now when we meet her here, she's getting ready to relaunch her career again out, out of after being out of the, the spotlight. And so the format of the show is that she has her own reality show. Now, this was sort of during the time of, you know, the Osbournes and newlyweds with Nick and Jessica or whatever. So this, this was, like, very popular back in the day, of course. And it still is, as we all know. But this was essentially like a mockumentary mocking all of the tropes of reality TV. And it is very smart very sometimes not even that funny even though it's like a half hour like type of comedy type of thing it's very satirical and just very vicious towards reality television and um yeah do, do you know anything much about honestly i hadn't heard of the series until really? uh we got the news uh within the past couple of weeks that in light of uh, people really enjoying shows coming back from the dead, that seems to be something that's very in vogue. Such as Development. Mm -hmm. Such as Rest of Development, which would be, uh, what's another one that you can think of? Heroes, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> no. it's, you take well, the good, you take the bad. Yes, but certainly. HOB, uh, HOB, HBO, wow! SOB. HBO <laughs> announced that they have uh, ordered... They're, they haven't, they haven't ordered. ordered it. Okay, they, no. they are in talks, they're in talks to do, with Lisa Kudrow to do Michael another Patrick season yeah. of the comeback on yeah. HBO. Essentially, a comeback of the comeback. Ah, uh, it's really meta. Um, yeah, so talk so. about why uh, a like because I know when we were talking about it earlier, you'd said that this is a very like prescient show. It's a show that like really predicted a lot of right where reality TV would go. Yeah. So this was sort of. Like, it was in the prime of when the reality shows started becoming, like, the only thing on television, but it wasn't, like, you know, the takeover <laughs> that mm -hmm. it's become now. It was in the early days of yes. reality TV. Yes. And so, basically, like, it's following a quote-unquote celebrity who, you know, she's real, it's like, she's not that bright, <laughs> and <laughs> she's awkward and everything, and it's sort of just showing the behind the scenes of how pretty staged and fake reality TV can be, especially when it concerns, like, you know, following the day to day life of someone whose life isn't really that exciting beyond just, you know, mm -hmm. being in Hollywood. Yeah. And it's funny because, like, 
Real, at that point, reality TV had just been started. Uh, people were just starting getting used to it, seeing it as a genre. But this show already looks at stuff that, like, happened, like, still happens, continue to happen, and, like, even, like, started happening, like, yeah. years and years down the mm-hmm. line. I mean, like, reality, reality TV is on almost every channel yeah. nowadays. Yeah. And, I mean, you've got stuff like the Kardashians, you've got still, all of this. Yeah. And, it's, and it's funny how it talks so much about the scriptedness of it all. Yes. Where, like, a lot Correct. of the things that are on, like, A&E and TLC and stuff like that, they have writers yes. on those shows. They have writers. They have and, outlines of whole storylines. Yeah. They set up people in situations where mm-hmm. they know there's going to be fireworks. Mm-hmm. And even if there's not, they tell them to, you yeah. know, be outwardly mm-hmm. aggressive and over-the-top so about it. So flipping tables and, you know. Yeah. So it's funny that this show kind of knew, like, what was yeah. coming before, right, like, right when stuff yep. was starting out. So then, mm-hmm. like, so the, the fact that it's coming back yeah. seems really appropriate. Definitely. And it will almost definitely be more popular and people will understand it more now that we've become pretty, like, pretty much aware and cynical of the fact that a lot of reality TV is just bullshit. Yeah. And not even close to reality. Yeah. So do you think this is, I mean, it was certainly an underground show yes. when it came out. Do you think it'll have more of a presence now that it's, like, even more relevant than it was when it yeah. came out? Yeah, that's what I just said. Yeah, but, I mean, like, do you think this is going to be, I mean, obviously it's, like, it's in talks. It's not even ordered yet, so yeah. it's way too early to, like, predict anything. But do you think, like, it'll be, like, a big, like, cultural deal? Do you think it'll be a big critical deal? It'll be a critical deal because it was back in the day, anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was. I don't. I don't know how much in terms of cultural. Like I said, it'll it'll be more understood Mm -hmm. because I think it was sort of misunderstood back in the day. Yeah, or people just didn't get it. Yeah, I think it's harder to be a a personal. uh, Just I think it's harder to be a comedy on HBO than it is to be a drama. Because it always has been. Yeah, unless it's Sex in the City. Yep. Unless it's Sex and the City, I guess. or I mean, even Girls, but mm, even that, even that, I'm, for for every like really successful drama on HBO, there's like two or three comedies that mm. stick around for like a season and then go away. Yep. So and that's what happened here. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's but it's an interesting move, and yes. I think it'll pay off. And I, I hope so. Even if it doesn't get big ratings, even if it doesn't get well, they only they said though that like it'll be just like one season again anyway. Uh, yeah. So it's not, okay. Unless, you know, HBO figures like, oh, this could be a big ratings deal. And then yeah. they could, like, pressure them into it yeah. as they want to do. As they want to do. But, yeah. so, but also, this, this show is the start, pretty, pretty much the start of Malin Ackerman. Hey, Malin so Ackerman. That's a thing, I guess. And she basically played, like, the, the young, pretty model type who kind of gets her first acting gig on a sitcom. Mm-hmm. And, like, she's really popular and blonde and pretty and not mm-hmm. really that talented mm-hmm. in terms of her acting skills mm-hmm. but she's just kind of got the the whole package deal going on most people know Malin Ackerman probably from Watchmen but she is great on Children's Hospital and she is currently on ABC starring on, on Trophy Wife starring on Trophy Wife which yeah. i believe got renewed did not 
it, quite yet. But I, I think it's still in talks. But it hasn't been canceled yet. So there's so that. Good. Just you hang on. Anything that's Ackerman. a success on television. If yeah. you haven't been canceled yet. If you haven't been canceled <laughs> at this point in the season, right. you're in a good spot. Uh, because they're, I don't. Sad. They yeah. usually don't cancel you at the last minute. Yeah, usually. Usually, usually they don't. If they're gonna cancel, they cancel you within two weeks, or like at the midseason. Right. But yeah. So where did you watch the comeback? Oh yes. Well, I watched it on a wonderful app. App? I don't know. Yeah, it's just a site called HBO Go. Yeah, on the HBO Go app. Yeah. Well, I mean, I watched it like on the website HBOGo.com. Yeah. <laughs> so whatever. And it is an app, but. It has all, pretty much every HBO show in existence. And so I just watched this just because I, like you said, I heard the news about it possibly coming back. And I heard it was a really underrated show that not a lot of people watched. And now I feel like I'm part of an exclusive little club. Yay! <laughs> and if anything, that's why I watch things. So, if you have HBO, <laughs> check it out on Highly HBO Go. It. And it's on DVD anyway. Yeah. For probably really cheap, because it's For not probably like, like a... 10 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, so but Lisa Kudrow, though, is incredible. It's an incredible <laughs> performance. Just, there, just like her amount of like facial tics alone <laughs> is just nuts. And she plays neurotic very well. Another thing that I think was ahead of its time. The neurotic? Just like, yeah, like the neurotic, like, I don't know. Like, the, you know, the Michael Scott type of just, like, yeah. awkward. Yeah. You know? Yep. Yep. So, so, yeah. The Comeback, which you can find on HBO, HBO Go, and presumably on DVD. Yes. Um, I watched... A couple movies this week, but the one that kind of stood out the most for me was I did watch 1955's The Seven Year Itch with mm. Marilyn Monroe and uh, do you remember who the male lead was? He was it wasn't anybody uh, particularly interesting. <laughs> yeah, I'll get to that in a moment. But this uh, obviously Marilyn Monroe is a big deal. Mm. Still is. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's the Marilyn Monroe is very strange, especially in uh, our demographic, because she's she's kind of seen as this. Uh, she's she's less a celebrity and more like a symbol. Yeah, she's just become like an icon that hasn't. I don't know, just like not really a person anymore. Yeah, <laughs> and like people will attribute. Like any quote, any any qu okay. According to oh the internet, God. according to Facebook posts and Tumblr blogs and things like that, most things in history have been said by Marilyn Monroe. Yes, yep. especially if it's female oriented. Yeah, any anything that has to do with women has mm -hmm. been said by Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, direct quote from her. Absolutely. So. <laughs> Obviously, you go. I go She's into this. She's a very wise philosopher, apparently. Yeah, she is. She is the Socrates of our time. Truly. Truly. Um, some people. So you see all these posters and all of these gifts and quotes and stuff, and that's like when I was walk I was coming into this, not knowing a lot about her except for that iconography, and coming out of it, um, I suppose it's a serviceable comedy. <laughs> um, it's all it's all very strange because it's hard to separate, um, the symbol Marilyn Monroe from I think. The actress yes. Marilyn Monroe, yes. and then the person Marilyn Monroe. 
Um, three different people. Three very different people. As an actress, I think Marilyn Monroe is on par with most of the uh, model actresses <laughs> that we have today. Yeah, and maybe a I'm little, actresses. maybe a little bit better. Yeah. Um, she has a star quality. She has a star quality. She has the star look. She has the star quality. She has the charisma and the uh, the X factor. She ha- yeah. She has That's I guess what we would call now the X factor. Yeah. I don't know if they called it back then the X factor, so. but so she has that going for her. Um, and the whole the whole point of the movie is um, a husband played by Tom Ewell. His family goes off on vacation, and he tells himself, oh, I'm going to stay faithful to my wife, because all these other guys, they'd go out there, and they'd get drunk, and they'd smoke, and they'd sleep with other women, and I'm going to be the right guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he, this, he doesn't say that once. He's, he, there is no inner monologue. There is an outer monologue. Sure. And he continually talks about how he's going to be faithful and smart and kind mm-hmm. and appropriate to his wife and children to his wife and child throughout the entirety of the movie um he doesn't shut up ever (laughs) he never ever shuts up okay he's always going um and of course lo and behold temptation shows up as marilyn monroe who moves Mm -hmm. into the apartment above him and hijinks ensue of course hijinks ensue yep this movie is kind of sexist it's kind of it's a little well, it's a little creepy it's a little creepy mm-hmm. it literally opens with a with white people playing native americans yeah Talk, yeah i mean talking about how even back hundreds of years ago the native americans or i think they called them just the indians probably the indians were also lusting after women and it's like whoa look at that <laughs> See, sexy, like, look uh, at that sexy indian like no one can and, and i'm like okay so i know where this is gonna go yeah um it's so it's so strange seeing it and I, and I almost want to say it's so backwards, but mm-hmm. I feel like a movie kind of like this, you could do this updated for today, and it would be a hit. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it's trite, and it's kind of crass. Um, it's not very smart. I don't think a lot happens. I think it all happens over the course of, like, a day. Mm-hmm. Um, I, do I want to see more movies with Marilyn Monroe in it? I'm not entirely sure. I don't know if it's worth it. I mean, I wouldn't actively avoid them. Right, yeah. I'm not going to say, oh, is Marilyn Monroe in this movie? Count me out. I mean, like... (laughs) Deal breaker. Yeah, I know she did a lot more than this. Yes. Yeah. And she's great in Some Like It Hot. Yeah, which I have not seen yet. much better Mm -hmm. than The Seven Year Itch. Okay. Yeah, I watched The Seven Year Itch, like, in high school Uh for some reason. Yeah. And... I barely remember anything about it. Yeah. But I just kind of remember it being very mediocre and just dated. Yeah. I think, I think that's the best, that's, that's the best phrases I would use to describe it. It's very mediocre, very dated. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose I will have to see some like it hot then. Yeah. Before I make, before you, before I write off, just write, like, write oh. her off entirely. Yeah. But you never know. So yeah, that's what I watched this week. 
Um, it wasn't very exciting. But, you know, you, li you live and learn. And it's nice to just fill up a filmography and get different tastes and give it different eras and genres Definitely. and things like that. So, every notch... I need to go back and look at earlier stuff more. Mm -hmm. I feel like I need to. Yeah, I mean... Catch up on my film history, basically. I agree. I mean, it's important I, to do that, to see the influences. Uh, I keep a running track of everything that I watch every year. And, like, a lot of my film... A lot of stuff that I watch is, like, from, like, 2000 and on. Right. So... Exactly. It's important to go back and watch stuff in the 50s and 60s and 70s, yeah. 80s. Anything. It just shows how things have changed. Mm-hmm. Culturally and filmically. Mm-hmm. Um, do we have any other little bits that we want to talk about? Uh, Not that I can think of right now. But, well, I, I mean, we could just talk about... If I, I just wanted to talk about a few other shows that I wrapped up watching. Um, the first one was Girls. Mm-hmm. Which we did talk about last time. Yes, we did. We covered <laughs> Girls a little bit. Yes. So the season wrapped up. Right. And what did you think? Season three concluded last week. It was definitely the most consistent and, like, actually funny girls season but it also was sort of consistently b-level if that makes sense it's just it never had those highs and even those lows it was just sort of sort of a flat line all season they didn't take many risks like they used to do even though it's only been on the air for three years but they used to have very experimental episodes where Hannah would just sort of go off and do these crazy things. Like, there's obviously the famous one on the internet where she has an encounter with Patrick Wilson. And she's, like, naked the whole episode and she's just at his... Like, he's a rich person and she's just at his house and, like, playing ping pong and just, like, doing pretty much nothing. Hanging around, whatever. And a lot of people hated that because it's like, why is she always naked? <laughs> and, you know, they thought of a self-indulgent and everything like that. Yada, yada, yada. But Lena Dunham certainly knows what people are saying about girls. And you can tell every season that she's trying to, if not fix certain things that people have said, at least make a nod to them, <laughs> which is always interesting. But the third season was pretty interesting for, you know, Dunham's character, at least, Hannah. Um, and then the Marnie stuff is always complicated because she's very hateable. And <laughs> she's, I don't know. Marnie undateable? Very, very undateable. Ugh. Yeah, like she's just trying all these new things because the thing was... At the before the season began, her big love interest for two seasons decided to up and quit the show. Mm -hmm. So they're just like the writers are left floundering. Like, what are we gonna do with Marnie? And it was funny how the show sort of mirrored that sort of helplessness by making her pretty helpless as well. And she's just like trying all these new things and getting into stupid trouble and whatnot. And so that was interesting. But as far as the other characters, there still sort of nothings, which is kind of not good for a show in its third season, but 
I suppose it'll never change. And that's the point of girls, is that they really, they're not going to apologize for what it is. <laughs> and that's just fine, and it has, the show has a lot of fans, and that's all they need. There's one other show that I want you to talk about that we were talking about earlier today that is, I think it's kind of flying under the radar, but you really like it. And what? that is Chuck Lorre's new show, Mom. It's not a new show. Well, it, it, it premiered this this <laughs> in past September. Yeah, yeah. So it isn't. It okay. is a, this season. It's, show. An, it's a first season show. Yes. Yes. I really, really, really like Mom a lot, and I never expected to have said that. First of all, about a Chuck Lorre show in general. <laughs> yeah, because most Chuck Lorre shows are pretty awful, basic, very basic, and just lowest common denominator humor. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, shows you'll find on TBS. <laughs> Very funny. Very funny, quotation marks. Uh, but Mom really... It's gonna sound cliche, but Mom, it goes there. It really, it goes there. It's like Degrassi. Where does it, goes it go? There. Where does it go? <laughs> it Where goes does to it some go? dark levels of human drama, which you, which you never would have suspected from the Chuck Lorre show. Who is in Mom? Right, so Mom stars Anna Ferris, movie star Anna Ferris, as Christy. She's a waitress. She's a single mother to her own teenage daughter, who ends up getting pregnant as well. You know, Mom. Mom. Makes sense. And the Anna Ferris character also has her own mother, Bonnie, played by the wonderful Allison Janney. And she is just doing, like, crazy awesome things on this show, comedically and dramatically. Um, but, it's, yeah, it's just sort of about their lives and a lot about their struggles. Because they, Bonnie and Christy are recovering alcoholics. And Bonnie is also, like, a recovering drug addict and, like, <laughs> drug dealer and all these crazy things. But they have a lot of scenes where they're just sort of talking in AA, just like about how screwed up their lives are. And none of it is really played for laughs or anything. It's just kind of played straight. And it's just really something very rarely you see on comedy, let alone multi-camera comedy, on CBS. <laughs> you rarely even get any sort of depth on CBS, but... The show, I just sort of sought it out because I liked Alice and Janney and Anna Ferris and seemed like a vaguely interesting concept. So I'm just like, okay, let's try it out. And at first it was sort of finding its footing. Like, there's a lot of scenes at where she's at the restaurant that are really awkward because, like, French Stewart is in the show for some reason. And he just plays a chef who just says a lot of dirty jokes and then collects is, his paycheck. Is that his shtick? <laughs> yeah. And that's what they sort of like to go to when the show's getting a little too serious. Like, they kind of just throw in a few jokes from yeah. Chef Rudy and... Yeah. Uh, well, you know, but. if you're going to be on TV, you could do a lot worse than uh, Chuck Lorre's show, because at least you know you'll be employed. Yeah, because, like, Chuck Lorre's shows never get canceled. Nope. Like, at all. He it, currently it's, has it's, four it's, shows on CBS. It is the opposite of NBC. Yes. The polar opposite of NBC. the opposite of NBC. Yeah. But for Mom, I expect, I expect Emmy nominations and possibly a win for Allison Janney. 
You heard it here, folks. For yep. the first time. That's my prediction in March. Yep. So come back here in August and see if he's right. <laughs> You'll see. You'll see. Emmy favorite. He's won four for the West Wing. Yeah, and everybody Hello. loves uh, everybody loves, everybody the star. loves Raymond. One more thing that <laughs> one more thing that I want to bring up before we get to our review for today mm -hmm. is the uh, not momentous but certainly interesting decision for True Detective to file their nominations in the drama category drama series for the 2014 Emmys. Yes. So this is Bold a move. this is a game changer. Change the game. Change the game. Change the game. Dropping the mic. HBO. Watch out. Watch out. So yeah. everyone sort of assumed before they announced it that they would obviously just go in miniseries because there's sort of a precedent for shows that have just a limited amount of time to tell a story. They just submit it in miniseries. Even with like canceled shows on networks, mm -hmm. they're just like, oh, I guess this is a miniseries. Yeah. <laughs> and they submit it there. American Horror Story submits as a miniseries, even though it's on FX. I mean, that doesn't it, matter. Yeah, I know it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Even though it's on FX, which wow. obviously has no... They're not allowed to have miniseries. <laughs> no, it's just, it's not something... You wouldn't think that it's a miniseries. I mean, I suppose it I does. think it is. Okay, fine, whatever. Let's just drop the conversation. disagreement between us on that. Anyway, True Detective yeah. submits in drama. Mm -hmm. How does this change the game? Well, it certainly complicates things for Breaking Bad. In terms of Brian Cranston. Especially. Yes. Because Original. everyone assumed Brian Cranston would just sail to another victory based on the fact that it's the final season and he had a lot of great meaty material and whatnot, and there's like a huge, you know, support for Breaking Bad in the industry. I think that well I pers I think the third to last episode of Breaking Bad is its best episode. Ozymandias. Ozymandias is the best episode of Breaking Bad, yes, none. Exactly. And that is the best performance Brian Cranston will ever give in his life. Yeah? No, maybe wow. that's a well it's it's a yeah. it's a high bar to set. Yeah. But then strolling into town. Oh Alright. Okay, right. okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Matthew Let's McConaughey. See if we can get me some Emmys. <laughs> um yeah. So Yeah. He is a threat. He is a huge He's a front runner. He is a huge threat, nay front runner. Yay, front runner. Yay, <laughs> front runner for the drama series drama actor. series actor Emmy. Mm-hmm. I think he's got it in the bag. In the quite bag. Quite honestly. It's just hard to First of all, he's a movie star. Second, the Emmys love their movie stars going mm -hmm. to television. Mm -hmm. Secondly, he's the hot new thing. Mm -hmm. And he has a lot of goodwill. He just won an Oscar. Yeah, like a month ago. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, he's not HBO. He's sitting pretty. Like, everything is in his favor. Yeah. And Brian Cranston, he's won three times. It was for the first three seasons. They've, I wouldn't say they've moved on, but they feel okay with not giving him another one, I think. Mm -hmm. And that's why. It's gonna be McConaughey. I don't know why. Why would they move to miniseries though? You mean drama series? Yeah. Why would they move off of miniseries to drama series? All right. Well, this is something that I, I go on a lot of awards forums. There's sort of a unsaid feeling about 
drama series versus the miniseries movie categories where the drama series is the prestige categories. If he so what you're saying, well, I'm guessing what you're saying is that if he just if they just stuck with miniseries, he'd obviously be a lock for yeah. the win. But it wouldn't mean as much right. as getting the drama actor statue. Right. That's the one that people want. Mm-hmm. And drama series is like the pinnacle. Yeah. But the I mean, you even you've even said yourself like the miniseries movie stuff is like stuff you go to like when you, you like go, when you need a bathroom break. Yeah, you go to the bathroom, you make some snacks. You change the channel. Miniseries. Yeah. Movies on. Yeah. So nobody cares. Nobody cares about it because they always just go for the star or yeah. either that or no one's even watched the things. Yeah. Which is often the case. Mm-hmm. But True Detective is a big True Detective was a big deal while it, well, it was on. Mm-hmm. Everyone was watching it. Everybody yeah. was talking about it. Mm-hmm. So, do you think it is strong enough to go all the way? I'm, I'm talking. I'm talking not just uh, McConaughey, but things like writing, directing, directing. Yeah. Series. Series. I would put it in second. Because mm-hmm. is is Breaking Bad too? Yeah. I think Breaking Bad is just too strong mm-hmm. to even have for True Detective to have a chance. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's... Yeah. Not only that, but I mean, True Detective was certainly a phenomenon, but I mean, it's almost universally agreed upon that Breaking Bad is one of the best dramas ever on ever. television. Best shows. Yeah. In general. So, I, I'd be surprised if they... Uh, yeah. overlooked it. The only con I'd say for the, at this point is that the fact that it's it will have been over for a year mm-hmm. by the time the Emmys come around. Yeah. And there is a recency bias mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah, but I think if AMC sends out those DVDs and runs it on a loop on oh, AMC yeah. like in the uh, sure nomination months Mm-hmm. It'll, it'll, it'll get back. Yeah. It'll get back there. And I think it'll get series. It might... I mean, Dean Norris might win. If he gets nominated. I think he might. He will. And maybe Aaron Paul, but it depends. Which, I don't know. Uh, Anna uh, Gunn, definitely. Yeah. Yep, yep. Again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And probably writing. Yeah. For Ozymandias, I'm guessing. Writing for Ozymandias, and then directing, maybe, for Ozymandias. Well, I don't know, because True Detective is, like, they have that, uh, the fourth episode with the tracking shot Mm -hmm. in the end. Yeah. That was a lot of of director, like, director porn. (laughs) Yeah. So... So we'll see. We'll we'll, see. we'll follow this as it develops, and we'll see how yes. it turns up uh, in September. Turn up. Turn up for what? Emmys. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So do we want to roll right into mosey on into the review? Moses on into <laughs> Moses on into our review of this week's release, Noah, by Darren Aronofsky, mm. starring Russell Crowe, Jennifer Connelly. Emma Watson, Ray Winstone, and Lo- yeah. Logan Lerman. And Anthony Hopkins. And Anthony... As himself. And Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> as Anthony Hopkins. Yes. Okay, so... I've been... Re- I, we're both fans of Darren Aronofsky. Super fans. We're both fans of, of Darren Aronofsky. Aronofsky. Uh, He's done such films as Black Swan. Wrecking for a Dream. Wrecking for a Dream. The Wrestler. Pie. The Fountain, which I haven't seen. 
so he he is very popular, I think, among among cineasts as well as among uh, casual people because Black Swan yeah. was Black Swan was a bona fide hit. Yeah, Black Swan was a bona fide hit. hit that made what three hundred million dollars. It made a lot of money, and it won a Natalie Portman Academy Award. So boom. So boom. Boom, Hunger Games. Yep. But. So it's a big deal. So um, yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah, on the heels of his success with uh, Black Swan, he decided to sign up for the Wolverine. He wanted to do the Wolverine with Hugh Jackman. Uh, eventually, it did fall apart. He did <laughs> decide, you know what? I've been doing a lot of work for a long time. He pulled out. Uh, it went over to James Mangold, but in the meantime, he started work on his dream project. This is the project that he had wanted to do ever since he was a child. Um, he wanted to tell the biblical story of Noah. He wanted to put that on screen. And he's mm -hmm. been working toward it for years. And on the uh, after the huge success of Black Swan... He had that opportunity. Paramount gave him money, said, here's your movie. Mm -hmm. Not here's your movie, but here are the tools <laughs> you need to make your movie. Yes. And so it began. Um... And it certainly hasn't been an easy road for mm. Noah, has it? He's faced a lot no. of... No. it is not. <laughs> Go on. Um, obviously, what, obviously, when you're telling a... Reli uh, if not if, religious. Yeah, if not religious, at least, at least a biblical tale. If you're telling a biblical tale, you do have a certain demographic. A Christian tale. Yes. Yeah. You, you have a demographic that you need to pay attention to that is certainly going to be watching you like a hawk oh, in yes. terms of uh, how this movie is going to... Accuracy. Yep. Yep. I know and depiction. Paramount did many, many screenings of this movie mm -hmm. in front of many different groups trying yeah. to get just the right fit. And there were some people that enjoyed it and there were people that did not enjoy it. Enough to the point where in front of... Uh, Commercials and ads and trailers for Noah. They had to put a disclaimer mark that said, "This is an artistic interpretation of Noah. <laughs> the, we we believe this story is true to the beliefs uh, to the to the." Hold on, let me just pull up the thing so I can say it instead of riffing, like a idiot. The the um, what's the word? What's the word that I'm looking for? I don't even know what you're talking about. Uh, anyway. Hold on. I, I want to find this. No, it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't, doesn't matter. doesn't matter. <laughs> anyway, they had a lot of trouble having it made. They had, He had ran into a lot of obstacles. He wanted to do his vision, but other... Some people weren't liking some it. Some people weren't liking it. Yep. He... Had, he certainly did have to fight with the studio in order to get his cut mm -hmm. and not uh, a butchered cut, supposedly. Yeah. Neutered cut. Luckily, and I think almost surprisingly, because this rarely ever happens, the, the version of Noah that was released to theaters is his version. This is his cut of Noah. This is Darren Aronofsky's Noah. Mm -hmm. And we saw it. Uh, about six. We saw it this afternoon. We saw it this afternoon, and what did we think of it, Kevin? Go. Um, I surprisingly enough thought it was good. I didn't expect much 
from the trailers, from all of the hoopla. Hoopla! Everything. I just... Even just on an original concept alone, I wasn't sure how Darren Aronofsky's Noah would even be a thing <laughs> in general. I don't know. It's just, he does a lot of dark tales, and I didn't know what to expect going into it. But I did see a lot of sort of trademark things that he likes to do that I sort of appreciated. But I thought it was a very good uh, combination of being like a good, like, epic movie. It felt very epic in a way that a lot of other movies try to be that don't really succeed. And it was also good in terms of just being a simple sort of parable, which is what obviously a lot of the Bible is, is just parables and just little simple sort of tales and with little metaphors and such like that. And I thought it worked on both of those levels. I'm going to agree with most of you said. I think it's a good movie. I personally... That's what I said. Yeah. I don't think that it's one of his best movies. No, I not. do think that it's in its lower tier. I think it might be because he's better at making smaller scale movies. Yeah. He he's he's better dealing with the, the the intimate human drama, yes. and there's a ton of stuff going on in Noah. Yes, it it is it is Huge. they don't they don't make like really epically scaled movies like this as much as they used to. They, they, know, yeah. they like making stuff with like explosions and mm -hmm. big IMAX fights and stuff like that. But this literally has like a real all-encompassing right. feel to it. And that's it why feels I like a it was, big... It was good that we saw it in IMAX. We saw it in IMAX. I think it's a great movie it for IMAX. It well that way. Definitely. Yeah. It recommended. Fe it feels like a really big movie. Yeah. Um... The effects are spectacular, as they should be. The, yeah. the arc looks uh, great. Um, mm -hmm. And I think there are some very good performances here. Yes, uh, I agree. Yeah. I think the thing that surprised me most about Noah, and I think the, probably a big reason why a lot of... Well, not a lot of, but a fair contingent of uh, conservative groups were not too happy with Noah, is because... The, the title character is kind of an asshole. Yeah. He's kind of terrible. He sort he, of becomes a villain. He, yeah, I think at the halfway point in the movie, yeah. he's he is legitimately the villain of the movie. Mm -hmm. Because, obviously, like, I went to Sunday school when I was a kid. Did you go to Sunday school when you were yeah, a kid? Yeah. So, so you're taught, you know, Noah with his big beard and his white cloak gathered all the animals. Like and a then, savior. And, yeah. yeah. Into, the, into the, in the nice little ark, and they rode on the ocean. And Smiling then they, away. And yeah. But it, it, by the by, the second half of the movie, it becomes pretty clear that, yeah. like, yeah, I've saved all the animals, but Noah's, like, goal is to exterminate mankind. Yeah. And he... He believes that he's ordained by God to essentially purify the world. Mm-hmm. And anyone that gets in his way, even his own family, mm -hmm. is... Yeah. I don't terrible. know. If, do we need to put a spoiler alert for Noah? No. No spoiler alert for <laughs> Noah. Um, 
I think my my I don't know if it's my favorite scene, but I think the most interesting scene for me in the movie came I think in the final third of the movie where he sits his whole. This is after the flood has happened. Most of humanity is wiped out. Yeah, and they're waiting in the ark for the storm to stop. And Noah basically tells his family. We're all going to die. Yeah. You're going to die. <laughs> You're going to die after that. You're going to... He, he yeah. tells the, 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 like the eight-year-old child, you will be the last person on Earth. Literally you will the have to order. You will bury all of us. <laughs> yes. That is your destiny, yes. and then mankind God will bless. end. <laughs> and when uh, Emma Watson is picked up at the beginning of the movie, not as Emma Watson, but as a child. Right. And, she uh, grows into Emma Watson. She, she grows up to become Emma Watson, <laughs> but she uh, originally is uh, injured, so she can no longer have children. Mm, she's barren. She is barren, as Russell, as, as Russell Crowe yes. yells yes. a few times. Yes, of course. But um, when, uh, th- through magic stuff with uh, Anthony Hopkins, right, who plays Methuselah. Mm-hmm. Emma Watson is able to bear children again. And when she tells this to Russell Crowe, he flips this shit. <laughs> Blows a gasket, yeah. Because it's his job to kill all the humans. Right. Well, not kill all the humans, but at least let all the humans die. Right. And there can't be any more, so... Yeah, for the last for the last half-third of the film, he mm-hmm. is, he's the guy to watch out for. Yeah. It's very interesting. Yeah. And it, that's a funny thing that... Uh, I think that entire second half or final third, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. is the strongest part of the movie. I agree. And kind of goes back to what you were saying about how he does the intimate drama stuff really well. Mm-hmm. And that's how it felt, because they're all obviously cooped up in this arc. Mm-hmm. And they're all sort of going after each other. And yeah. Going crazy. Mm-hmm. And I... I thought it was the strongest part of the movie, just in terms of the drama and I don't know, it mm-hmm. just worked mm-hmm. best. Yeah, Russell Crowe, I think he does a great job here. Yeah, I think he he He's he good. he portrays the burden of being the person that has to do all of this very well. He mm-hmm. he he plays this performance as like a, he. It's not like a oh here we go again, but he's like so tired. He's his. His feet, his are, feet are so weary. His feet are so weary. Mm. It is not fun being Noah. It is not fun living in the end times. Right. And he is just That's clear. He is exhausted <laughs> physically, mentally, emotionally. This is we are following the journey of a man who is already pretty spent. Yeah. And it's interesting From to, the just, to yeah. see the lengths that he's willing to go mm-hmm. for. They never say God because you can't I don't know if they can do that, but for the creator. Yeah. The lengths that he's willing to go, and it's it's really compelling. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked Emma Watson in this too. Yeah, I think she, she did a really yeah, good job. Yeah, I didn't know what, how to how I felt about the fact that she was in this, but mm-hmm. she was convincing. Yeah, she obviously sticks out like a sore thumb because she is just Emma Watson here. It's hard to it's hard it's hard to uh, like whether you're watching Harry Potter or you're watching The Bling Ring or mm-hmm. you're watching this. Emma Watson's such a big face nowadays. But I think she 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 slips into this era pretty well. Yeah, yeah, she does a pretty good job here. Um, what did you think of Jennifer Connelly? Jennifer, I really Con- liked Jennifer Connelly actually. Jennifer Connelly is in a lot of Aronofsky's films. She was yeah. in Wrecking for a Dream. She was in. That's it. That one. 
But it, but it is a perennial. It is a significant it's a huge performance from her. Yeah, probably her best, I think. Yep. But uh, here. Yeah. Well, here she's playing the wife of Noah, and she has a really interesting sort of steely, strong like resolve to her that I find really compelling, and I, I just it's something in her eyes. I think mm-hmm. it's just really sort of that strong woman type of thing that mm. I think she does well even though I mean she's she's not a warm actress no certainly not she, I think I think Jennifer Connelly is the uh symbolic cold actress she yes. is she is a very cool right sometimes cold yeah 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 but she does get like the opportunity to emote and cry and mm-hmm. And those scenes I thought were surprisingly effective. Mm-hmm. But it's good to see her back, because she's been gone for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, I think the acting here is pretty good, but I do think, and I think judging by, because there were a lot of titters and laughs in this film, especially towards the largely emoting scenes, because it does get a bit melodramatic at times. Yeah. It does go a little bit over the edge with the crying and the screaming. There's a lot of emotions. There is, in that last half of the film, it is a lot of emotions. Mm -hmm. A lot of emotions from, I think most of Emma Watson's dialogue in like the last quarter of the film is just crying and yelling (laughs) and screaming. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that does, that does, uh, take a few points away for me, but obviously if you're telling, if you're telling us, could have been more like, quieter moments yeah to break things up I th- yeah if you're talk, if you're doing the sort of Noah you, you're probably not going to be too subtle about it yeah I know this is a big movie but even still but it, even just throw in just a quiet moment of reflection now and then yeah have Emma Watson look out a window <laughs> Come on, you know, <laughs> you know that's all we want. Just give us, give us that yeah. for a minute or two, yeah. and I'll be happy. Yeah. But, um, I I feel dumb for having to ask this, but I'm gonna ask it anyway because I'm not religious. I I did the church thing when I was a kid, and the then church thing, and then stopped. There are no rock monsters in the Bible. Yeah, I don't really understand what that was. It is something that has... not something that I remembered. Yeah. (laughs) For certain. But that was really not good for me. (laughs) I'll just be honest. I didn't like that at all. Um... You want to explain? Okay. There are (laughs) rock monsters in this movie. They are angels that have fallen to to earth and gotten trapped in the rock. So they're weird craggy rock monster angels and they're just voiced by frank langella and just hanging around you know you know they've been persecuted and when uh noah says that he has received a vision from god as to what he is to do the rock monsters help him out building the ark yeah Um, they're very strangely animated they all look they look hard to look at they're very they're they're not, it's not even that they're weird, it's they look, I don't even know if, like, unfinished is right. Mm, I don't know. It's very haphazard. Yeah. They, they, they stick out like a sore thumb yeah. in this movie. Yeah. Um. Like a lot. 
Yeah. I think, honestly, like, I'm, I like monsters. Monsters are cool. I'm always for monsters. But I feel like this movie might have been better without them. Yeah. Yeah, I think it would have... I think it would have worked... Or at least give a different depiction of that. Yeah. Even if you have them in, like, a flashback or in, like, a parable, it's like you have a short sequence. No, I'm just but saying, the, like, a different vision yeah, of the characters. A, a, different, a different design. Yeah. Yeah. But they're in most of them. They're in the good first half of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're significantly there, mm -hmm. often. I don't think they work. No. Um, to reiterate, it would have been better if they weren't there. I think this would have been a much better movie. I think this would have been a great movie if they weren't there. But there's such an eyesore mm -hmm. that it does hurt. It does yeah. hurt the movie overall. What do you think about the idea of extending the second half of the movie more when they're on the arc? And reducing the first half when they're not. <laughs> Maybe by a little bit. But I think, for me personally, this movie did kind of have a case of multiple ending syndrome. Where I did feel like it was about to end, like, three times. Mm -hmm. um, I suppose we could use a little bit more stuff on the arc. But you, uh, not, not too, too much. I think the dividing line that they had there was just right enough, but you do because you do need to reiterate the fact that, and I think that's, that ends up being the whole point of the movie at the end, is that obviously humanity is like really wicked, it's crazy and bloodthirsty and hungry, yeah. and you have to show that before you can show that there is also good in people and there mm -hmm. is also righteousness in people and like kindness yeah. and gentleness in people. So I think you do need that first half. And if you don't get that much of it, if you don't get also that, I guess the villain played by Ray Winstone, who mm -hmm. is a t pretty, uh, for my, I think it's kind of weak. It's a weak villain role. He's really just stereotypical. I am the king of the people. Yes, very broad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So again, not not a big uh, not a big plus there. Yeah. But well, I'm just saying. I think they could have either <laughs> I don't know made the first half more interesting for me, or just done less of it. Yeah. Because that was. I just don't know if that grand scale was. In his strong suit. Yeah. Personally. Well, this is the biggest movie he's ever done. I know. It's probably the biggest movie he'll ever do. Yeah. Um, so I don't blame him for wanting to go for broke. Yeah. I mean, he did have all that money to play with. Yes, so, this is true. Um, and I have to say, though, that I did like... Like I mentioned how there's sort of Aronofsky moments. There's a lot of... Not a lot, but a few interesting scenes were, like, sped up, like, in cool sort of imagery yep the editing yeah the, the weird editing scenes those worked i thought those worked very well that one yeah. that one sequence when he is telling his children like the the story the of genesis of the world the history yeah. of the world i think that was a really cool sequence yeah. i really liked how it was done how it just of uh, the evolution and like of, the adaptation of like the animal yep thing yep that was really cool it was really neat yeah i liked it a lot mm -hmm. so he certainly does have that in this yeah. movie and it is used well yeah what did you think? Distinguish it at least. 
What did you think of uh, Clint Mansell's score here? I really liked it a lot, actually. Really? Yeah. Did you not? I thought it was okay. I didn't think it was his best score. Um, I, it's not very memorable. I thought it me. helped a lot make things more epic feeling mm -hmm. in terms of the drums. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of pounding drums. I mean, it might not be like the most original score, but I, I thought it was effective for the film. I think it, I agree that it does fit to the film. It yeah. it, it, it uh, helps the film very much, but it's not gonna. It's not gonna. I'm not gonna remember. I don't even remember it now. But I think, and there are there are some. Uh, I I don't think it's his best score. I think he does. I think he has done. Well, a lot. obviously not. Yeah, but because of Requiem for a Dream. Yeah, but it works for the movie. It works for the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So, uh, how do you think this is going to do? It'll do... It'll be moderately successful. Mm-hmm. Like, it'll make over $100 million. Yeah. I, I, if, if they're hoping for a big hit, they're probably not going to get it. Because, yeah. I mean, even Passion of the Christ only made, like, what, $100 million? No, it made, like, $300 million. Okay, even Passion of the Christ only made $300 million. It made $300 million in the U.S. That's a, that's a special exception. Okay. <laughs> Just so because, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because, I mean, the thing about it is that, like, Noah's already been banned in a lot of uh, countries overseas. Mm. Um, I think it's going it, it, to... I think things are very different from when Passion of the Christ came out, and I think it does have an uphill battle. But I think the... the Darcel Crow is a great name, mm. Emma Watts is a great name, yeah, and it just looks... It looks like a blockbuster. It yeah. plays like a blockbuster. It's a lot of action. So, yeah. unfortunately, um, a Marvel movie comes out next week. So, but tough break. <laughs> yeah, but it's good that it got it that it got its foot in the door before that. Yes, and I am ultimately Certainly. I'm glad that I saw it. Yeah, me I don't too. I don't think it's a great movie, but I think it's a interesting movie. Yeah. I think it's a very it's a lot more interesting than it could have been. Because mm -hmm. I'm just gonna say in general the story of Noah's Ark. Is a little silly. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just gonna put that out there. It's 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 a it's a kid story. Yeah, it's really it's easily diluted down to just be like a th five sentence story. Yeah, and the fact that he was able to make it so epic and have these sort of adult sensibilities and themes and still make it work mm -hmm. is commendable. The fact that he was able to inject the story of Noah with genuine pathos was, yeah. was good. Yeah. So I it's it's a I think this this was a big feat, this was a big project for him. I think he succeeded. Mm -hmm. I think he did well. Yeah. So Darinovsky, hats off to you. Your dream Hopefully has the been studio a studio is happy with him. Yeah, I hope so too. Yes. I hope so too. Because I only want him to be successful. Yep. Same here. One of my favorites. Good guy. In the industry. Yeah. Certainly. A director that we all enjoy seeing. And I, we all? I don't think all of us I'm do. using the royal we as in the royal... The two of us. The two of us. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, I... Recommend? Recommended. Recommended. I um, think so. If you, uh... Wanna... Would, you, would, you, would you say that it's good for multiple audiences? I think it's good for most audiences. I think it plays it, well with... Yep. Yeah, on multiple levels. It works for the casual movie fan looking for a, like a action adventure movie. Yeah, 
and it looks for the movie fan that's looking for uh, a good performances, an interesting uh, take, and uh, so a little at least some depth and some cool shots. Some cool, some re really cool shots. Yeah. If you are a fan of rock monsters, maybe don't go to this one because the rock monsters aren't great. Mm. Mm. Yep. Yep. Rock monsters. Rock monsters. So. Anything else on Noah? Uh, not for me. I think I'm good with it. Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins was in this movie. Uh, he was Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, he's sort of playing himself a lot now. Well, he's at that point where he can very well do that. Yeah, he don't give a shit anymore. Does give a shit. He he makes a joke about berries. A lot of people are like ah berries. He eats the berries. He dies. It's... Spoiler. It's the story of it's the story of Noah. You can easily pick up any copy of the Bible anywhere, open it up, and obviously uh, Genesis chapter three verse seven. Yeah. And then Anthony Hopkins ate the berries, and lo, he was happy. At the end. That's yeah. Sounds about right. Do we want to cut this out? No. Okay. Why All right. We cut this out. Spoilers what? for Anthony Hopkins. It's fine. It's fine. You'll you, live, people. You'll live. You're you're fine. Quit crying. <laughs> All right. Um, do we want to wrap it up for this week? Yeah. If you want to see something else to say. Not for today. Um, next week no. we will be. Will we be? We will be live from Disney. <laughs> oh my god! This is such a surprise! I'm so excited! Dropping the bombshell boom, on boom, you right boom, there. Boom. Live on the air. Are we gonna see Captain America, uh, Captain America this coming weekend? I guess. Okay. I don't know. Um, I'm hearing a lot of great buzz that yeah. it is be a movie. better than the Avengers. What? Wow. I yeah. didn't know that. I'm hearing a lot of buzz that this is Marvel's best movie to date. So really? we will see if that holds up. You shouldn't have told me that. Why? Because now I'm going to be disappointed no matter what. Oh, shit. You can find me <laughs> on Twitter at CBassGronback. And I suppose if you want, you can follow me on Letterboxd at ChileanCBass. If you want. If you want, you don't have to. Well, my Twitter name is the same. It's Kevin underscore Jacobson, and I just sort of tweet. Just my life. Getting it out there. Getting out. Just ugly thoughts, you know? Uh, um, so then I also write for NSTARS. I also edit for NSTARS now. What, what? Hashtag promotion. Hashtag promotion. What God, I sound like a douchebag. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but I write things on nstars.com, the leading entertainment news site in the world. Mm -hmm. Undisputed. Undisputed. Eat your heart out. E-news. Yeah. Um, Don't even try to challenge it. Just take Juliana it. Juliana Rancic. Snap, snap. Take it for what it is. It says it right on the box, so it's gotta be true. Goddamn right. Mm-hmm. Also, I write things on my blog sometimes, you guys. Filmius.blogspot.com I just wrote a review of the Grand Budapest Hotel. Remember when we saw that? Yes. We didn't review that. We didn't review that. Anyway, um, <laughs> and then I guess you can also find me on Letterboxd, where I 
copy and paste my reviews into <laughs> at uh I don't know, Kevin Jacobson. Whatever. You'll find <laughs> me. Alright. And that's the end of the show. We're wrapping it up, but check us out next week. All right. Rate and subscribe on iTunes. Rate and subscribe on iTunes. Tell your friends and your enemies. Tell your friends and your enemies to follow our podcast. And Bjork. And Bjork. Oh, hey! Whoa, you're back! Hello! Did you enjoy the show? It was very lovely. Oh, thanks. Me and my friends enjoyed it greatly. Oh, I don't know who my you're... My pocket pr- friends. Oh, jeez. Okay, Bjork. Yes. Well, do you want to tell the viewers, listeners, goodbye? Goodbye. Okay. Fellow travelers. Bye, everybody. Bye.